0: Good morning, today is Sunday, April 24th, 2022. I wanna take just a moment to express tremendous gratitude. Today, on the Hebrew calendar, is the third anniversary of our meeting every weekday morning, 10 to nine. We started two years ago on the day after Pesach. And I wanna thank a dear friend, Peter Safran. It was his idea that we start something like this. And of course, I want to thank everyone who comes and joins and listens, either in person or listens to the recordings. I can tell you, this has made a gigantic difference in my life in being able to devote this amount of time to learning and to study and to teaching and to being with all of you on a daily basis. It has made a tremendous difference in my life and I'm very grateful. And I look forward to continuing for a long, long time together. This week's Torah portion is the parsha of Ahremos. And we have in this parsha a mitzvah that is kind of strange, kind of unusual. And it's called Kisui Hadam, which literally means covering the blood. And the way the mitzvah goes like this, you know that we are allowed to eat certain animals as kosher. And when we do so, we take great measures to treat them with respect, that they should not suffer any unnecessary pain, and uh, to make it as respectful and... um, Uh, sensitive and experience as is possible within the constraints of the fact that the Torah does give us permission to eat these animals, these kosher animals. So a domesticated animal, like a calf or a cow or a goat or a sheep, in former times, those animals could have been offered as an offering in the Beit HaMikdash, in the Holy Temple. And part of that ritual Involved, what to do with the dam, the blood. The dam, the blood was was collected and was used as part of the ritual for the sacrifice. Two other categories of creatures that are kosher: one is birds, and the other is undomesticated animals like uh, deer or other kinds of kosher animals, but undomesticated wild animals. Those animals, in general, do not come to the Beit HaMikdash. Yes, certain birds did, but certainly not the kind of birds that we have. Chicken, uh, turkey, uh, duck, those never showed up in the Beit HaMikdash. And therefore, there was a mitzvah that's in this week's Parsha, that when those animals are shechted, they're slaughtered for kosher eating, and the dam, of course, the blood falls to the ground, we are not allowed to simply leave the blood on the surface of the ground. We are required to cover the blood with earth. Now, practically speaking, there is no commercial production of kosher, non-domesticated animals today. It may happen on a very small basis, but not on any kind of uh, industrial basis. But certainly for birds, chicken, turkey, duck, that's happening all over in great numbers. And there is a mitzvah for that of Kisui Hadam. And that means, practically speaking, in a place like Empire Chicken or Marvit Chicken, that means that when they shack the chicken and the dam, the, the blood, falls to the earth, it is necessary to cover the blood with the earth. Why is that necessary? It's fascinating some of the answers that our sages give because the Torah itself does not clearly indicate the reason for this. Rabbi Aaron of Barcelona writing in his classic work, Sefer HaKinuch, says that since the life of the animal is contained in the blood, the spilling of the blood is what causes the change from life to death. Therefore, there should be a certain respect, a reverence for that blood. It shouldn't be seen simply as uh, a byproduct simply is something, God forbid, that is dirty, that is to be discarded. It is to be treated with reverence and should be, as if to say, buried, treated with respect, in recognition of the fact that it is what animates that creature, gives its life to that creature, and now that creature has lost its life the blood should be covered. Rabbi Shamshner Hirsch writes something else and this is particularly striking given that Rabbi Hirsch was writing in Germany in the 1800s and he writes that being that these creatures come from the earth, they are part of nature, by rights the products that come from them that are not eaten like the blood should be returned to nature to regenerate to become part of the ongoing process of reestablishing and regrowth in the world and he points out the detail which is a very strange detail in the Talmud which is that it is not sufficient simply to cover the dam with earth. It's necessary for there to be earth below and on top of. In other words, it sounds like Rabbi Hirsch is suggesting something like that this product from an animal that is not being used by humans should be used to fertilize the earth, should be used to somehow go on to help improve and increase the bounty of the earth, this type of proto-environmental idea of returning the substance to the earth in order to improve the earth itself. Be that as it may, there is a famous detail in how this mitzvah is performed. The Talmud says that what would happen is there be an act of slaughter in accordance with Jewish law. There would be a, a, a bed of earth prepared onto which the dam, the blood, would spill. And then other earth would be brought to cover that dam so that it was covered in earth. Says the Talmud, the covering by earth of the blood must be done by a person's hand. It could also be done by a tool held by a person's hand but the Talmud makes the point by a person's hand and the Talmud goes on to say beregel. it should not be done with a person's foot you might think there's something dirty on the floor and you want to cover it up. So the, maybe the most, uh, um, pract- uh, uh, I don't want to say practical, but maybe the most, uh, um, <laughs> not even sure what, what word to use, uh, the most uh, um at distance manner to do it, would be just to use your foot, to stick your foot out and to, 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 to scrape some of the earth on top of the offending stain. With your foot, says the Talmud, don't do that. K'nei you mitzvos b'zuyos, That is a disrespectful act. To use your foot to scrape some of the dirt on top of the blood, It's not respectful. Do it in the way that you would do something that's important with your hand. All right, maybe your hand will get a little dirty, so you'll wash your hand. But do it in a way that's respectful. Do it in a way that shows that you value that this is not just getting rid of some garbage, God forbid, but it's a way of expressing sensitivity to the animal, an appreciation to the animal and sensitivity to God, who is commanding us and acting in this way of not being uh, uh, insensitive or or barbaric, and uh, do it in a proper manner. Shloye mitzvos bezuyos love. It would be disrespectful to do it with a person's foot, and therefore do it with your hand. This mitzvah is one of the 613 commandments of the Torah. It is in this week's Torah portion of Ahremos. But this mitzvah also creates a paradigm. It creates a paradigm for many, many, many other behaviors where the way that we do a mitzvah should be done in a way where the object is treated with respect. An object that has been used for a mitzvah or is being used for a mitzvah should not be kicked with your foot, should not be treated disrespectfully. And our, our sages, both in the Talmud and later codes, give many, many examples of how to act in this manner, all of which come from this paradigm of this mitzvah of Kisui Hadam that creates the model for all other mitzvahs to treat an object of a mitzvah in a respectful manner, in a proper manner. Just to mention one example that happens to have been relevant to some of us recently, on Sukkos, We have a mitzvah with a lulav and an esrog. A lulav, the palm branch, an esrog, the citron fruit. And we take it and we make a bracha and we wave it. And we have that mitzvah for seven days. What do we do with those objects when we finish with them, when the holiday is over? It's an object that has been used for a mitzvah. It's not the right thing to treat it disrespectfully. It's not the right thing to put it in the garbage. And therefore, there are some Jews who have the practice to take the used lulav and esrog, put it away, and then when Pesach comes, and just before Pesach we want to burn our chametz, we use the dried up lulav and esrog to build the fire in which to burn the chametz so that this object, the lulav and esrog, which had been used for one mitzvah and it attained a certain level of respect and honor is now going to be used for another mitzvah. Extending the honor and respect that we have for it. And I'll tell you the truth. I try to remember to do this every year and it works beautifully because the lulav and esrog stays in my garage on the shelf. First of all, it smells nice for quite a long time. And second of all, by the time it gets to the day before Pesach, it's completely dry. It's ready to burn. I put it into my uh, my uh, barbecue grill and I light it and it lights beautifully and it, and, and it burns all the chametz. So with one mitzvah, the object doesn't lose its significance, its importance. It is then used for another mitzvah. Okay, many, many other examples that an object that is used as a mitzvah should be treated with respect. Allow me to share with you an application of this by the Beis Halevi, one of the great classic commentators to the Torah. An object that has been used or is being used for a mitzvah is called a cheftzah de mitzvah. chetza de mitzvah, an object of a mitzvah. When a poor person approaches you to ask for your assistance, at that moment, of course, that person is a human being He is one of God's children. But at that moment, that person is also a cheftza shal mitzvah, an object being used for the purpose of a mitzvah, the mitzvah to elicit from me the act of tzedakah. At the moment someone approaches me, to ask for my help, that person becomes one through whom I have the opportunity to fulfill a mitzvah, in addition to the fact that they are created in God's image, that they are beloved by God, no matter their situation. If the Torah tells us that we have to te- treat the blood, of a slaughtered chicken with respect and not push dirt on it with our foot simply because it's a mitzvah, how much more so must that apply to an actual human being who presents themselves in front of us? To treat that person with respect as a human being, but not only as a human being, but as one who represents standing in front of us the opportunity for us to be able to do a mitzvah. That person, says the Beis HaLevi at that moment, is a chefza shel mitzvah. There is a truth in life. It's always been true. We may think that it's worse or more today, but it's always been true. And that is that the needs of people are overwhelming, more than any one of us can possibly fulfill. Sometimes a person will ask us for help, financial help or certain other kinds of help, and they'll ask respectfully, they'll ask nicely, They'll ask sensitively. And of course, we will try to help if we can. But human nature being what it is, sometimes, hopefully it's the minority, a person will approach us with help to ask for help. And they may be a little pushy. They may be a little rude they may even be a little bit inappropriate in the way that they approach us in the way that they speak to us in the way they have certain expectations from us now of course whenever we are asked to help some we should try, someone we should try to do so if we are able to but even if we decide to ourselves calmly and objectively that at this moment, I'm sorry, I'm not able to provide that help. Says the Beis HaLevi, that person is still a cheftza shal mitzvah. They are still the object through which we are being given the opportunity to do a mitzvah. To respond in kind, to simply close the door, to ignore or even worse, to answer in a disrespectful manner? The mitzvah of Kisui Hadam teaches us in its paradigmatic nature that's not the way to act. That's not the way to act to an object. Certainly, that's not the way to act to a human being. A human being deserves dignity, deserves respect, even if they don't give it, even if they don't offer it, even if they don't demonstrate it themselves. And beyond the, 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 what is deserving out of simple human sensitivity, there should be the recognition that this person represents the opportunity for me to be able to do a mitzvah Perhaps at this moment, I must forego that mitzvah because I don't have any money, because I'm not able to help in that way. Perhaps. But the fact that they are offering that mitzvah, even if it's in not such a nice way, Kisui Hadam should teach me to make sure that I am responding in respectful way using my hand in its nicest way, and never ever, God forbid, with simply covering it over with my foot. We come to the end of Pesach, and we look, of course, for lessons to take with us, and there's so many lessons about freedom, about going to Sinai, but we've also been engaged in this holiday with so many mitzvahs to perform, so many actions to do, so many opportunities to fulfill God's will. This past Yom Tov should give us a feeling, especially with this week's Torah portion coming immediately, a feeling not only of doing what God asks, but doing it in the best possible way doing it in a way to recognize that we're being given an opportunity never to act in a callous fashion to how we perform a mitzvah, but always in the most honorable, in the most respectful, in the way that shows our gratitude to the object itself, to the person themselves in front of us, and to God for giving us this opportunity. My friends, I want to wish you all a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person. I'd love to hear what you think. Any questions, discussion? I'm sorry, Vivian, did you say something? I didn't hear you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Yes, Pina, were you going to say something? Yes, yes. Uh, Your explanation was powerful and beautiful and gave us a little bit of a kick. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hopefully not a kick with my foot. I didn't want a kick with my foot. <laughs> Hopefully a, an encouraging hug, maybe. Not... Uh, But I understand, Bina. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. My friends, I want to wish you all a great day. Have a good day. I look forward to continuing. Hopefully, with God's help, this week will continue through Friday every morning. And also, this Thursday night, we'll be studying together at 7 p.m. Back to the regular time. Have a great week, everybody. Shavua Tov. Happy Yisrochag, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.